You may think that um, today's gospel lesson is a bit unusual, um, especially for a, um, a Fourth of July weekend. Um, but it's an unusual uh, uh, reading for any time um, because it's one of those moments when we find uh, Jesus struggling uh, with the burdens that he's bearing. So if you are comfortable standing, would you do so now? Um, We stand at First Church when the gospel is read as a sign of our appreciation and our respect for, um, uh, for the word of the scripture, a gift to us from God. Matthew chapter 11. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One man challenged another to an all-day wood-chopping contest. The challenger worked very hard. He stopped for only a brief lunch break, and he kept chopping all day long, the wood that he chopped and split piling up beside him. The other man had a leisurely, long lunch. He took several breaks and sat down during the day. And yet, at the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and annoyed to find that the other fellow had chopped substantially more wood than he had. And he challenged him verbally. He said, I don't get it. We have been working at it all day. I didn't take any breaks. I hardly sat down for lunch. And you took your good old time and had a great relaxing day. And yet you chopped more wood than I did. How can that be? And the winner said, what you didn't notice was this. Every time I sat down to rest, I was also sharpening my axe. 
God bless vacations at this time of the year. (laughs) Thank God for vacations, for a chance to get away from what we usually do, whether you leave town or not. And spend some time sharpening your axe, recovering some of your perspective and and recovering some of our energy. Some of you, as we heard from the children, have had vacations. I just got back from one, too. And it was a marvelous time to relax and rest and do something different for just a few days. It helps. Vacations are marvelous time to unburden our souls. And then I, I had a bonus because when I got back on Friday, it was the 4th of July. And then it was Saturday. So I got a, I had an extra couple of days tacked onto my vacation that I don't usually get. Um, and, uh, uh, when we, even when we celebrate, um, uh, our nation's independence on July 4th, it's a wonderful respite. Um, sometimes a, a day or two will, will restore our energy. Sometimes it takes a week or two or even longer to get ourselves Filled up again with with energy and with good humor and perspective. Um, if you've had a vacation that you've already enjoyed this summer, or if you have one that's coming up, whenever it is, whatever it is, it's a gift from God, isn't it? Well, Jesus needed a vacation. In the Galilean cities that he had been visiting, um, he was having a tough time. You know, read, read through this section of Matthew, this middle part, and you'll find that, that Jesus' teachings were difficult. He talked about, um, if you, if you love your father and mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. Those are, those are tough teachings. And, um, and he had just heard, Jesus had just heard that his friend and his mentor, John, had been taken prisoner and was in prison and things weren't Looking so good for him. And so Jesus was, he was pushing hard. He was working hard. His teachings were challenging and difficult, not just for the people who heard them, but for him too. And things weren't always going well for his followers and his friends. And so in, in, in great fatigue and in desperation, Jesus blew up. He blew his top one day. To what shall I compare this generation? He says, you are like a bunch of children. He wasn't feeling so good that day. Well, the gospel writer tells us that that Jesus had traveled to cities like Corazon and Bethsaida and Capernaum. and, And they didn't pay any attention to him. He wasn't, he wasn't getting the kind of, of cooperation and the kind of excitement and the kind of attentiveness that, that he had hoped for. His presence and his teaching and his miracles didn't make an impact in those places. And Jesus was more than frustrated. These were people, he said, who could not be pleased. If you give them the fire of John the Baptist, then they want the cleansing water of Jesus. If you give them Jesus, they want John. And if you give them both, they're not satisfied with that either. Jesus was not having a good day. He was not having a good season. It was certainly not one of his better moments. Jesus was tired. 
He was tired of rejection. He was exhausted by hard work, especially hard work without results. And he needed a break. He needed a time to unburden himself. He needed a vacation. And, and you and I can identify with how Jesus felt at that time. Of course, we have the same experiences sometimes, or at least with all the hard work that we do, all of the, all of the focus and attention that we give, we need a break. We need a, a vacation. At that time, Jesus declared, at that time, right after he revealed his own exhaustion and he had a tough day, at that time, the gospel writer tells us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those are some of Jesus' most beloved words. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. Here's an invitation to vacation. (laughs) An invitation to Sabbath in the richest sense of the word. In even, in even the most invigorated life, there comes that day like it did for Jesus when our enthusiasm dulls and our excitement dissipates. Sometimes even religious faith can be a burden. Even going to church, reading the scripture can become tiresome. No more than a duty and a habit kept going by more inertia than commitment. This was part of the burden that Jesus was talking about. He later complained, a bit later in Matthew, Jesus complains about how how religious leaders are always placing heavy burdens on people's backs and not lifting a finger to help them or remove them. Even the blessing of faith can become a burden. Faithfulness can be reduced to should and ought and must. In, in, in the very next episode in, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus' disciples are walking through a grain field one Sabbath. You know the story. They are so hungry that they pluck some grain and begin to chew on the seeds. And, and his critics, Jesus' critics, are standing by watching. Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And Jesus tells them, you are the ones who have perverted religious faith. God wants mercy, not sacrifice. He wants kindness rather than blind, uncaring obedience. In all of his teaching and all of his healing, Jesus was looking for ways to unburden people from their, from their oppressive lives and even their oppressive religion. Come to me. You who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. Jesus invites us to a vacation, to renew our energy and our focus and our perspective, to take some time and, and, uh, and let our spirits and our bodies heal from the burdens that we constantly bear. But did you notice, did you notice that when Jesus invites us to himself, when Jesus invites us to rest, he offers us a yoke. Of all things, he offers us a yoke. Don't you find it surprising that Jesus offers tired and burdened people what they seem to need the least? What labored 
heavy laden folks need is a vacation, not a yoke. A yoke is a, is a, a, an instrument of work used to help oxen pull together. Jesus' yoke may be easy and his burden may be light, but it's still a yoke. A yoke is still a yoke and a burden is still a burden. Just when we expect Jesus to offer us some time off, a vacation, if you will, he offers us a yoke, but it's a different kind of yoke around our necks, a new burden from a different burden from the one that we're currently wearing. Instead of escaping, Jesus offers us a new kind of burden, a new kind of yoke. Something, not nothing at all, but something different. Whatever the deliverance is that Jesus offers, it's not a deliverance from responsibility and accountability. Luther noted that that only Jesus could say, come to me, all you who are heavy laden in one breath, and I will place around your necks a yoke in the next breath. Perhaps Jesus dares to speak of giving us rest by placing his burden upon us because Jesus knows that the issue in life is not whether we shall be burdened, but which burdens we shall bear. I'm never entirely comfortable with our nation's celebration of independence. I'm never entirely comfortable on 4th of July weekend because I, I seem to carry with me, and I'm sure you do with yourselves too, I carry with me this, this realization that, that so often when we look at the blessing of liberty, when we look at the, the freedom that we have as a people and the gift that it is because so many have given so much so that we might be free. You know the story. We, we hear it rehearsed every Independence Day weekend and often through the year. Um, I'm, I'm conscious not only of of the blessings of liberty, but I'm also conscious that that blessing, that liberty places an obligation upon me. It's, it's a yo, it's not only the blessing of freedom, but that freedom is a responsibility for me to use it well, not to just be free and sit back and enjoy it for myself, but to wear that yoke and to bear that burden of liberty so that not only I, but my family and my community and, in fact, the whole world will benefit from the ways that I use, the ways that we use, the gift of liberty that we've been given. It's not whether we will bear a burden or not, but which burdens we choose to bear. Jesus offers us not just a vacation, but a burden, a yoke to bear. As a pastor... I see people sometimes cracking under the burdens that they choose to bear. The burden of affluence, two cars and a big mortgage. How many of our emotional and physical illnesses are due to the stress that's brought on by economic overextension? Honey, the the dishwasher's not working. And by the way, the water heater's on the blink. Wait here until the garage door repairman calls. We thought all this stuff we had was to free us to make our lives easier, but it becomes burdens that we bear, burdens that we choose. How ironic it is that we end up servicing our machines rather than our machines serving us. Life's greatest burden is not having too much to do. Some of the happiest people I know are the busiest people. Life's greatest burden is having nothing worthwhile to do. 
People burn out, not because they have too much to do, but because they become exhausted by the constant engagement they feel with things that are trivial and inconsequential. So the issue is not whether we shall be burdened, if we shall be burdened, but to what shall we be, with what shall we be burdened? What shall we carry? Shall we carry things that are inconsequential or things that matter and mean something? The question is not if we will be yoked, but to whom will we be yoked? Jesus lifts one burden on our, Jesus lifts one burden off our backs in order to place another one there. He removes the harness that we forge for ourselves so that he can place around our necks his own yoke. Jesus' idea of a good vacation is not getting away from it all, but rather taking us someplace where we are given something significant to do. Namely, participation with him in ministry to the world. So this is the message we need to hear. Jesus is having a tough day and he deals with it remarkably well. This is the message we need to hear, particularly we Americans who claim to value independence and liberty so much. It is not what we are free from that matters. What is important is what we do with our freedom once we have it. It's not who we are independent of that matters. What is important is to whom we choose to yoke ourselves once we have the independence that we value. I will pray for you and for myself and for our nation and for our world. Not that Jesus will deliver us from all our burdens and free us from all our yokes, but that Jesus will give each of us and all of us together a burden worth bearing and a yoke worth wearing. Amen.